Welcome to the Liberty Cafe, where oppression is on the menu. Hello, everyone. This is Bill Peacock, and welcome to episode 77 of the Liberty Cafe. It's great to have you here, as always, whether it's your first episode you've been with us or if you've been here for all 77. Also great to be a part of the Texas Scorecard Network. Texas Scorecard is the sponsor of the Liberty Cafe, and we've been partnering, I think, for over a year now, and it's it's just been great to be a part of what they're doing to fight for liberty at Texas. So I encourage you to go over to texasscorecard.com and find out more about what they're doing. Well, today I'd like to talk about some of the work that Texas Scorecard is doing and how that plays into the issue of school choice here in Texas and public education generally. I don't think anybody's done a better job of covering the problems that we're seeing in Texas public education than Texas Scorecard, particularly when it comes to just how the public schools in Texas are turning farther and farther away from what rational, concerned parents and citizens think about how public schools should be run. Right? We, we've seen most recently, uh, Texas Scorecard has been doing a lot of work on pornography in public school libraries. And it turns out there's a lot of pornography in public school libraries. Not, not that we didn't know that already, but the public schools have just let this stuff slip in and nobody was really paying attention. I mean, some people have been for a while, but the, the state just let it all go through. Now, to the, their credits, some legislators have really stepped up and started doing something about it, but it's all because they're getting pressure from people. And recently, Texas Scorecard did a, a survey, a questionnaire, of uh, candidates. I think they said there's 34 Republican candidates in the May runoff elections for the state legislature. And they ask all 34 of those. That's uh, 17 different seats that are up. I think there's one Senate district and then the rest of them are House seats. And they went through there and asked each of the candidates if they would be willing to push legislation that would close the loopholes that are still allowing school districts in Texas to keep some of these pornographic-type books in there. Right? The, there are ways that they have gotten around the efforts from the states, the efforts from parents, and they're not purging the school libraries of uh, things that, that push, well, just have pornography, uh, scenes between about people having sex that they shouldn't have, pushing the LGBTQ agenda, often in pornographic ways as well. We've heard about groomers in um, public education. Groomers can be taken in a couple of different ways. It'd be somebody grooming somebody to abuse them right then and there. But then there's the other way you look at this term groomer, which is adults telling children, often very young children, totally inappropriate things about sex and sexuality that their parents don't even know about. And that's really what's going on in our public schools today in a lot of these cases. And so we want to get rid of all that. Scorecard asked these Senate candidates, and it's amazing that uh, yeah, uh, about half of the candidates, you know, that's, that's one in each race, uh, didn't respond. I think that wasn't exactly true. Some of them 
said, like, um, here, here's one, an, an interesting one. So Senate District 24, Pete Flores is the incumbent in the Texas Senate. It may not be that district. He may have had to move to a different district, but he's he's still an incumbent Texas state senator, and he's raw. Raul Reyes is running against him. And Pete Flores, instead of saying, yes, I will push to legislation to close these loopholes, he made this big, long, flourishing speech about how community, about community standards and parents, not school librarians, are supposed to keep all that up. And I'll always fight for control by parents over what goes on in our public schools. But he didn't say that he'd actually push for this legislation to close these loopholes, whereas Raul Reyes said he would. Uh, House District 12, Ben Bias um, said, yes, I will. He's challenging the most liberal Republican in the Texas legislature, Kyle Kakao. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. And it goes on down the list. Ellen Troxclair is running uh, in district House District 19 for an open seat. Uh, she said, yes, without a doubt, Justin Berry. Her opponent did not respond. And you can go down this list and find uh, a lot of other people. One other person I thought I'd mention here, Carrie Isaac. Her husband uh, used to be in the Texas legislature. She's running for that seat against uh, the incumbent Democrat. But before she gets there, she's got to get past Baron Castile in the Republican primary. She said yes. She supports doing that. Baron Castile did not respond. So you pull back on this issue a little bit, and um, we look at some of the endorsements for these people in these different district races, and there's been an interesting um, pattern setting up in, in the endorsements for these races. Greg Abbott has been endorsing some of the candidates in there, and so has Ted Cruz. And every endorsement I've seen so far that Cruz has endorsed one candidate, the conservative in the race, and Abbott has endorsed the liberal, moderate, rhino Republican in the race. And the an interesting thing is that in almost all cases that I've seen so far, the Cruz candidate has supported getting rid of pornography in the schools, and the Abbott endorsed candidate has been quiet on that. So that gets us back to where I want to take us when we're looking at education, and particularly public school choice or school choice. Right? There's a big push going on for school choice in this upcoming session, and some people are excited about it. And there are some good things to be said about school choice. And I'm not here to say that there's not, but there's also some problems with it. There's also some problems with actually getting it done. I've been working on school choice in Texas since 1997. I left working for Rick Perry when he was Ag Commissioner at the Texas Department of Agriculture and went to work for a group called uh, Putting Children First. And uh, we were pushing for school choice. And it was the actually the closest real school choice, not school choice where parents could take money and use it to pay private school tuition. It's the closest it's ever come. There was actually a tie vote in the Texas House of Representatives on the bill. And that means a tie vote, doesn't the bill doesn't pass. And then we took, you know, and then it died. It never got to the Senate because of that. And that was it. I mean, we've had efforts since then. 
but none of them have gotten to the place where there is actually a 50-50 split in one of the bodies, much less a majority on that. And so that goes back, what is that, 25 years or so now? And the last time there was supposed to be a big push for school choice, um, it was 2017 and then 2019. Uh, Dan Patrick had promised he would do this. Uh, he actually got the lieutenant governor from Nevada in. They had just passed a big school choice bill. And they were talking on stage at the TPPF where I worked at the time. And it looked like it was going to be a big session, but it wasn't because nobody really pushed it. And then it was going to be another big session in 2019. And that was right after the 2018 elections where Republicans took a shellacking in the Texas legislature because of the big midterm turnouts, the anti-Trump vote, if you will. And all of a sudden, Dan Patrick went from being a huge supporter of school choice to a huge supporter for public education and, and spending $5 billion more dollars on increasing teacher salaries. And school choice disappeared because I think he didn't think that that was a good way to attract voters to the Republican Party. He wanted to go out after moderate you know, voters and try and get them in. Well, whether he was right or not in there, school choice went by the wayside. And so this is the first time that school choice has come back up and maybe has a chance for some kind of action. But but the the problem is with there's there's two problems. First of all, the the possibility of actually getting it passed. You're looking at a legislature that is run by leaders who are at best lukewarm or at least in in some cases just opposed to school choices, school choice. Patrick has been lukewarm. And he may come out and, and be more forceful this time around. But nonetheless, uh, when he gets over to the House, we have uh, somebody in place over there, Dade Phelan, who totally is opposed to doing anything that would upset the public school lobby. I mean, he, he has been not just opposed to any kind of school choice, but he has also been opposed to getting rid of pornography from public schools. He's been uh, opposed to doing anything that might upset the LGBTQ agenda in the Texas House of Representatives. Now, why would a Republican do that? Well, you might think it's because he went out and before he was elected speaker to help become the elected speaker, he went to get the endorsement of the LGBTQ lobby group in the Texas House of Representatives. And so, you know, just like the speaker before him, who was dependent on Democrats to keep his seat, Dave Phelan can only go so far in upsetting Democrats before he starts, uh, his power base starts eroding, and maybe a conservative Republican can come up and challenge him inside the Republican Party. And so, he, he doesn't do anything. So, how do we get a school choice bill? one that actually allows parents to use money to spend in private schools through a Texas house. I don't see it happening this session, particularly when you have a Greg Abbott. You know, Greg Abbott has been exposed lately as being lukewarm at best on the subject. He has said some good things about it, but he's also been quoted uh, recently, against some good reporting by Texas Scorecard and other entities out there, that, you know, He's he had assured some members of the legislature, don't worry, school choice won't be happening this next session. So whether those 
quotes are accurate or not, uh, Greg Abbott hasn't ever been a big champion for school choice. So you have that, and then you have all these members that Greg Abbott is endorsing, and if, if a lot of them get reelected, particularly over in the House, I think it's tough sledding for school choice this session. But there's a second problem with school choice, in even if it passes. So the way school choice has been pushed lately in the Texas legislature, and I don't see that changing, it could, it's using state tax dollars to help people pay for private education. So they tax us the property tax and uh, all the other sales tax and all the other taxes and fees that we pay. Those all go into the legislative thing. And then they would take some of that money and give it to people who would then take that money and go pay for tuition or part of the tuition that is needed to get their kids into private school. Well, the, the big problem with that is it actually increases the size of the public education system. Now, that sounds kind of funny, but it really is the case. If you send your money, I'm sorry, if you send your children to a private school using state tax dollars, then all of a sudden your private school becomes part of the public education system in Texas. And I mean, there's no question about that being the case. The courts have said that once schools start getting money from the government in some form or fashion, that starts putting a linkage between uh, giving the ability to, to the state and federal governments to tell schools what they can do. And of course, we've already seen that with a lot of federal funds coming into uh, local schools. We've certainly seen that when it comes to federal funds going into colleges and universities. I mean, if your higher education institution, college, community college, university takes federal funds, you have to do exactly what the federal government tells you to do. And that's all the all the things about discrimination and women's sports, except it's not really women's sports anymore, is it, right? Or it's women's sports, but men get to do it, right? We've seen that problem even in high school sports in Texas, right? So it's a problem even without the funds going in there. And so what if vouchers, if you will, are used by private citizens to send their kids to private schools in Texas, right? tax dollars going into private schools. That just leads to a whole potential problem, set of problems that we have. Now, we could say, well, we've got Republicans in charge here in Texas. They wouldn't put regulations on what private schools have to teach, and that may or may not be the case. But nonetheless, what if Republicans aren't always running Texas and private schools have started taking this money and all of a sudden Democrats come in and start putting restrictions on those private schools. Well, it could be that those private schools could back out, but if a private school is getting 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 percent of its funding through the state, that makes it really hard for them to say, sorry, we're not going to take those students. They drop it and they, you know, they lose 20 percent of their kids, 20 percent of their revenue. It's kind of a tough deal for a school to do. Maybe they'll just say, okay, well, we can follow this or that regulation. The other problem is, even if they're not following the regulations, nonetheless, there will be more money going into the public school system if this happens, because you're going to have more kids that are going to have to be funded by public education in Texas. And so that means the cost of public education is going to continue to rise here in Texas. It's going to continue to go. 
just ran some numbers today. This year, the 21-22 school year, total funding for public education is going to be about $71 billion. That's a lot of money. Uh, $38 billion of that or so comes from property taxes, and there's state funding about $26 billion and about $6.5 billion worth of federal funds. $71 billion, more or less. That is up from only $49 billion or so back in 2011 and 12. That's a $20 billion, $21 billion, or a 41% increase in the last 10 years in funds. We need to be spending less public funds on education, not more, because it's not going, that increases is not helping our children get a better education. So if we started doing school choice through vouchers, they're just going to want more money because we'll be taking some of that money away and sending it to the private schools. They're going to want more money for the public schools. And it's it's pretty interesting. You might say, well, well, if kids start going to the private schools, that'll mean reduce funding for the public schools themselves because they won't have as many kids. But we just saw the Texas legislature appropriate money for public schools this session. It was some kind of emergency measure done by maybe it's LBB, maybe it's the TEA. I can't remember exactly. But they went ahead and gave the schools money this year as if they had full enrollment, even though they've all lost, I think it's 2% down, something like that, Texas public schools. The legislature went ahead and just gave them all the money anyway, even though they had lost enrollment. I think that's the kind of thing we would see if we had private school choice here in Texas being funded through public tax dollars. So I, I just, there's a lot, too many negatives out there that I think for conservatives to really get behind school choice in this way. I think there is one path, and I want to end here on a positive note. I think there is one path forward that might work. That would be doing private school choice through tax credits. Now, that would be using funds that never go into the state coffers, right? Rather than pay property taxes and have that money go into the state and then we get that money back, or rather than businesses perhaps paying franchise taxes and having that money go into the state and then we get it back through vouchers, just give people tax credits, the ability to say, I'm not going to send you money, state of Texas, or you, local school district. Instead, I'm going to take my money and I'm either going to spend it on my child, right? So if you're, and in some, if you live in some houses, your property taxes are high enough that you can actually fund a full year's worth of tuition for at least one child on that. Or you could say, business corporation, I'm not going, you don't have to pay your franchise taxes or your property taxes. Instead, you can set up a scholarship fund and then pay for individual students scholarships to uh, private private schools, right? And then that way, you're actually defunding the public education system. You're taking money out of the system and putting it towards private education. And courts have also been very clear about this. If the money doesn't go in to the coffers of the state of Texas or the local school districts, it's not state money. So it doesn't give them the nexus for gaining control over private education. And as I said, it's actually defunding the public education system. And 
isn't that what we really want? I mean, we've we've talked about all the problems with public schools. I mean, do we really want the public schools expanding or having anything to do with private schools, or even do we want them to be continuing all at the way it's going? Right? We have a Central Texas kindergarten teacher that endorses transgender mutilation surgeries for youth. Right? We've seen that the Texas Library Association, which has a lot of taxpayer-funded members from Texas School District. They just had a drag queen show at its annual conference. Uh, Dade Phelan is out there fighting for Disney as Disney is attacking the Florida bill that wants to get parents in control and get all this pornography and LGBTQ agenda out of the schools in Florida. So why would we want to expand the public education system? It should be shrinking. Maybe if it shrank far enough, they'd learn the lesson. And if they didn't, well, we could just shrink it entirely and have everybody on privately funded vouchers. The cost of education would go way down, and we wouldn't have to put up with this anti-Christian, actually anti-Jesus agenda we have in in the public schools. Because remember, Jesus once said, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God. Well, it seems like to me that a significant majority of the Texas legislature has decided to render public education and our school children unto Caesar and give it to the give them to the state and let them have all this critical race theory, LGBTQ grooming, whatever it might be. That's the way we're going with public education in our state. And unless we do something radical to change that, like defund the system, the faster the better, I don't think we're going to see any changes at all. All right, well, thank you very much for being with me once again on the Liberty Cafe, and thank you to Texas Scorecard for being the sponsor of the Liberty Cafe. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Cafe with Bill Peacock. This show is produced by Texas Scorecard. You can learn more about this show and find other shows at texasscorecard.com. Be sure you subscribe and rate this show on whatever platform you listen on. See you next time.